I'm so glad that God still got anointed singers that don't need a contract. Amen. That just sing because they love the Lord. God bless you. Our praise and worship team love you. As you remain standing to reading God's word, we're going to get right into the reading of God's word. This is a special Sunday, a special day. So we have deviated from our series to share this special message which God challenges us as a church family, challenges us as individuals to those that are viewing by way of internet, by way of radio, challenge you wherever you are. Hear the reading of God's holy word. The text this morning is found in the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter number three and verses 20 through 21 we're reading from the new king james version hear the reading of god's word as paul challenges these wonderful believers who lived in ephesus and he sends this anointed word verse 20 reads now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church. Say that again. Not to the preacher, not to the bishop, not to any local leader, but to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Quickly reach over and catch someone by the hand. Here's the message for this sacred anointed service on this special day. Squeeze those hands and encourage someone with these words. Look at them and say, moving beyond ordinary. Now, before you sit down, tell them you are more than ordinary. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Moving beyond ordinary. Moving beyond ordinary. In his book that is entitled Conquering an Enemy Called Average, the author of that book, John Mason, states that perhaps one of the greatest challenges to the contemporary church, to the modern day church era, to today's believers, is what Mason refers to as an enemy of the faith that's called average. Somebody say average. Mason says average is an enemy of exceptional and of extraordinary. Now when the author in his book speaks of average, he is speaking and he's talking about that which is mundane, that which is ordinary. It's talking about an attitude, a mindset of that which 
settles for just being like everybody else. I'm preaching now. That which settles for being like everything else. Because someone else does it, we feel comfortable doing it. Because someone else has limited expectations in their life. We somehow have adopted that in many of our lives. The author John Mason goes on to say, the person that settles for ordinary, the person that settles for average is usually someone living beneath their privileges. And they have somehow, listen to this, become content and even sometimes proud and happy with mediocrity. They high-five themselves when they are average. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. When, when, when they operate in a spirit of mediocrity, they pat themselves on the back like you've done something great. That's like the student who throws a party for having a C. And they say, well, it's better than a D. And I say, but it's far from an A. Am I right? But when we settle for mediocrity, when we settle for ordinary, both, Mason says, in our spiritual, in our personal lives, and I love this quote, we are shortchanging God. And just because somebody else may look at you as ordinary, some, just because somebody else may have limited you, doesn't mean that God has limited you. Just because someone else has decided that you're not going to amount to anything. The last time I checked, God had the final say-so. The last time I checked, no hater wakes you up in the morning. Put clothes on your back. Give you strength to make it through the day. Somehow we become settled to them. We, we have become content with, with the report of the adversary. But I like the words that's found in the Old Testament. Whose report will you believe? <laughs> there are some who believe that because we look like grasshoppers in their sight, then we must be grasshoppers. But thank God for Joshua and Caleb who said, irregardless of how we look in the sight of our enemies, God is well able woo, to give us the strength to overcome this. I, I don't want to bother you, but is there anybody who knows that God is well able? Is there anybody who just want to put it out in the atmosphere? Sometimes you've got to declare it before you see it. Sometimes you have to state it before it, it manifests it. Anybody know that God is well able to do extraordinary things in your life? And there are people who judge you by how you look. 
But I thank God for that recent gospel song that said, I don't look like what I've been through. <laughs> Tell somebody, don't judge me by how I look because you're not looking at the finished product. I, I know my time is halfway up, but I, but I feel like preaching. Just tell somebody, wait until God gets through with me. Don't you judge the book before you read the end chapter. I'm glad I didn't stop reading Job at chapter 12 because I would have missed chapter 42. That's a God turned the captivity of Job and gave him twice as much. I just need somebody willing to get on the devil's nerve and say, greater is coming. Ooh. Greater is coming to that person that settles for ordinary, average, mediocrity. It's a horrible, debilitating, destructive mindset that plays right into the devil's hand. If Satan can get you to help him destroy you, he's already there. I told the devil, I said, I'm going to make you work hard. Because everything coming out of my mouth is going to be positive. Whew. Even when my sons were a long ways from church, and I, I, I preached in here on this pulpit, when my youngest son was next door at Bluff Estate doing his thing, and the devil said, it's all over. I would come to church and pass by the community, and the devil would say, that's where he is. He's not in church, but I never allowed it to come out of my mouth. Every time I saw him, I said, mighty man of God. And he said, daddy, who are you talking to? about. I say, son, I see where you're headed to, not what you're going through. How many of you know how to speak deliverance over your own family? Come on, somebody up in here ought to make the devil work hard. Tell him my family is blessed and highly favored. I am an anointed one of God. I thank God for grace and mercy. Woo! God's got something good with your name on it. Ah, yeah, 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 I feel like preaching. Said I was going to cut this a little short, but I, I feel like preaching. Because every time the enemy comes your way, tries to remind you that it's all over. Tell the enemy, great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You don't have to be perfect. All you've got to do is be willing to be used by God. Jeremiah saw a vision of a potter, but the good news was that the clay was marred and scarred. <laughs> but it was already in the hand of the potter. Just for a moment, look at somebody and say, I may not be what you want me to be. May not be what you hope I would be. But the good news is that I'm still 
in the hand of the potter. Woo! Good God Almighty, tell the devil to put a praise on that. Because when God gets through, God's going to make me out of who God wants me to be. Look at somebody and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Greater is coming. Better days are coming. This too will pass. Woo! Tell the Lord, thank you. Listen, why settle for ordinary when you are destined to be great? There are folk in here right now came from depressed situations as far as economic concern. And look what God has done in their lives. Let me tell you, you're not great because of your title. You're not great because of the job you work on. Because I've served notice on the enemy, anybody who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, anybody who walks by faith, I don't care who you are. Dr. Martin Luther King said, if you are a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper the world has ever known. <laughs> because greatness is not what you do, it is who you are. God has called us to be great. And so in this sacred text, it's found in the writings of Ephesians. The apostle Paul, humble, uh, unique man, who himself confessed that he struggled with an issue, that he went to God three times. The Lord reminded him that his grace would have to be sufficient. Paul writes this heartfelt epistle to the members of the church in Ephesus. Paul establishes this church on his second missionary journey. And on his third missionary journey, he spends three years in this city with this church. This is one of my favorite books, and in fact, it is a book that all church leaders, all folk need to digest. For God has given me an assignment. I told my wife last night as I was studying this, sometimes during the summer, on Thursday nights, I want to offer a class that I personally teach from this book. Because I think every believer ought to hear Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Paul tells them that now, some years later, Paul finds himself in Rome in a horrible hardship situation under house arrest in Rome. But he's allowed to write an epistle and send a letter to these believers that he refers to in Ephesians as, quote, faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Paul commends them for their faith in the Lord Jesus. Paul commends them for loving each other. And he tells them that God has called them to be more than just a group of believers that calls themselves a church. But God has called them to be the ecclesia, the called out, that which God has anointed to do something exceptional. Paul reminds them that you don't have to come from a privileged background to be used by God. 
In fact, one of the verses that's found in chapter 3 of this text, verse 8, Paul uh, says of himself that I am less than the least of anybody. And yet God chose to use me. So Paul says, don't you be fooled by those who are so caught up in their earthly credentials. Those who somehow believe that they are anointed uh, because of who they think they are. Although Paul was highly educated and well-trained, Paul did not allow it to go to his head, but he used his gifts to bless the household of faith. <laughs> then Paul says something in verse 10 of chapter 3 of our text. He speaks to the church. Now you've got to remember the New Testament church wasn't a church of stained glass windows, a mega church. It wasn't a church that sits in world-class worship centers. But these were people that did not have much, and oftentimes they met in depressed environments and surroundings, often in each other's houses. But yet Paul told them there's a gift on you that the world has never seen. And I like what he, what he says in verse number 10. He says, through the church, uh, God will make known the mistress of his grace to rulers and principalities and lead us throughout the world. In other words, through your humble anointing, God's going to use you to touch people that are in charge in high places. Uh, don't you think that you're not much because nobody knows who you are. God can take a little and do a whole lot out of it. I wish I had a witness. So Paul says, walk humbly before the Lord. Hold your head up high and know through grace God has given you. He goes on later in the book, chapter 4, and said there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. But you've got to know that if you embrace God, then God will use you in a mighty way. Because you don't know it yet, but you're greater than who you think you are. Can I preach to somebody? You're, you're greater than what you are going through. I'm reminded of the movie The Lion King and how the young lion was traveling throughout the world and how one of the folks said to him, Shimba, you are not what you think you are. You are more than what you have become. I stopped by to tell somebody contrary to what the devil thinks of you or what you have done in the past. God says you're more than what the devil says about you. Contrary to what your haters say, they see your situation now. But what they have not seen is what I cannot see and ear cannot hear. I just need a few faith walkers to know your better days are still ahead of you. I, I know everybody can embrace this. I need some folk that don't need to see it right now. Look at somebody and say, I don't have to see it right now. I need somebody who knows how to praise God over a simple promise in your life. 
that hasn't yet been manifested. But you know that God is not short concerning his promises. And God is not a man that he should lie. I need somebody to know that you're blessed and highly favored. And your family is anointed. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Can I get a witness? You've got to put it in the atmosphere. You've got to say it. Before anybody see it, look at somebody as you take your seat and say, mighty move of God. God is about to do something that will blow the minds of secular people. Ah, God is about to elevate somebody on their job with a position you did not apply for and was not even considered to have been qualified for. But I've got news for you. When God qualifies you, it supersedes anybody else's limited qualification. The anointing still breaks the yoke. And through the anointing, God can do great things in your life. Somebody ought to get ready for God to do the supernatural in your life. Look at somebody and say, I am no longer settling for ordinary. Tell them, I am not average. I am not ordinary. You are looking at one blessed somebody. And I am not egotistical. I am not Donald Trump, so I am not bragging. Tell somebody, but I know who I am, and I know whose I am, and I know who I serve. And the God, the God that I serve has already preordained and anointed the baby in your wife's womb. Your great-great-grandchildren that have not yet even been born are blessed and highly favored. I've got to get up out of here. But Lawson, your great-grandchildren, your great-great, when you are dead and gone, somebody's going to be saying, thank God. God has made a way. Somebody shout bless. So Paul. So Paul. Paul. According to Dr. J. Vernon McGee, issues the doxiology for the first part of Ephesians, Ella Fred. Paul says, I am issuing the doxiology for this part because chapters 4, 5, and 6 is a different challenge. And he says, but before I turn the page, whew, I just want to say something about who God is and what he can do through you. I know you're in a little house church now. That's what he tells them. And I know you've been persecuted 
by the enemy. And some of you got to hide to have church. But allow God to speak into your future. Now to him. <laughs> speak, Paul. Verse 20, now to him. Not who has done, but I'm talking about what he is able to do. Now to him who is able. Tell somebody it's not even done yet. You haven't even seen it yet. I'm not even talking about what God did in 2017. I just want to speak about what God is about to do starting in 2018. In, yeah, yeah, in somebody's life. Now, help me out on the board. Now. Look at what the text says. Now to him who is able. God is able. Look at somebody said to do exceedingly, abundantly. Can we get it on the board, please? It's down. That's all right. Read it. Here, there it is. Thank God for technology. Read it and see me. Now to him who's able. Everybody stand to your feet. I want you to say this with me. Now. Ooh, if I had time to preach this. Keep it there. I would tell you, Elder Jennifer Abney, that there's something homiletically significant about the word N-O-W. Look at somebody and say, not yesterday, but right now, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. Tell somebody you've got the power. You have the power. You have the power. You have the power. Cross the aisles and touch somebody and say you have the power to move beyond ordinary. You have the power to do more than we can ask or think. You have the power that whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Anybody ready to go to another level in the Lord? Get ready, get ready. Throw your hands up and say, Lord, according to the power that's at work in me, I accept the challenge to move beyond ordinary. I don't want an ordinary job. I don't want an ordinary house. I don't want an ordinary career. I want God to die. If you don't want it, pray for me, because I want it. Clap those hands. Clap those hands. Clap those hands. Ordinary is coming to church on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 8 o'clock.
because other people do it. Extraordinary is having the church in your heart seven days a week. And when you're riding down the highways at 5.50, you can say a word on your job. When demons come against you, you can speak a word. When the enemy rises up in your house, yeah, yeah, you can speak. You can speak a word. I'm done. Extraordinary. Listen to this as you stand to your feet. Here are the three key takeaways. When we as believers settle for that which is ordinary, we are living, number one, beneath our God-given privileges. Tell somebody, don't settle. You are an heir. You are royalty. <laughs> Contrary to what Donald Trump says about Haiti in Africa. Somebody needs to remind him to read the history books. There are more kings and princes from Africa than any other place on the face of the earth. Number two, the Lord is the source of the power that allows us to do extraordinary things for the kingdom as well as in our personal lives. And here's number three. <laughs> here's number three. Catch someone by the hand. In fact, do me a favor, cross the aisles, let's all work. lock hands in the balcony. I want us to say this together. As we lock hands, squeeze someone's hand and say, the power to do extraordinary things in your life is at work in you right now. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. Come on, preachers, as you remain standing, Donna Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers wrote this powerful song that I love so much, and it speaks about who we are and what we can become. The lyrics of the song says, oh, don't you know that you are called for greatness? You can leave your seat and come to this altar. You are chosen to reign. To lead with holy boldness. Listen to these words. God says this. I see your failures. And I know that you need answers. But those with great failure <laughs> listen I'm blessed to be great winners I just need you to encourage somebody say you are a winner the song goes on to say see yourself in the future you are royalty <laughs> see yourself in the future you are royalty you are destined to protect your land. You are an heir. I don't care what the haters say about you. Embrace. Tell somebody, embrace. 
your legacy. You are somebody. Come on, quiet. Pray for as many of you that can. If you can make your way down to this altar, we want to touch and agree that God's going to do something exceptional in your life. I see your failures, and I know you need answers. Woo! Sing, sing, quiet. Those with. God says, I bless Can you see yourself? You. You're royalty. You. Come on, see yourself. From the beginning, take it quiet. Oh, don't you know? Okay, somebody said, don't you know? You've been called for greatness. Chosen. You're chosen to reign. be content with average, with ordinary. Every ministry in this church ought to strive to be exceptional. Let me tell you what not being ordinary means. 
doing the unusual. Anybody can have church in church. But can you take the ministry outside the walls? Can you go to the homeless shelter? Can you go to Providence Home? Can you go to Sister Care? Do the children at Epwood's Children's Home know who Bible Way is? That's what God says. God said, do things not to get your name called. Do things not so that they can write articles about what you do. But just do it because it's the right thing to do. Amen. Do it because God has called you to do something exceptional. And in your personal lives, live your life as if God has anointed and appointed and chosen you to be someone special. Ooh. I don't care what others think of you. I don't care what you're going through now. You are royalty. You are an heir. Here's what God said to me. I'm a big student of British history. And in studying the monarchs of British history, the one thing makes royalty that cannot be substituted. It's the bloodline. <laughs> Amen. Prince Charles is a prince because his mother is Queen Elizabeth. God says you are who you are because of the bloodline. Not Andrew Jackson's bloodline, not Daryl Jackson's bloodline, but the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers you. And so when the enemy comes up against you, the enemy has to respect the blood. The Old Testament says, when I see the blood, I pass over you. Lift those hands all over this place. It begins with the relationship. Here's the question. Here is the challenge. I know you come to church because you have packed in this place this morning. But the question is, have you committed to something beyond just going to church? That means, have you committed to the church being a part of your life? Not the organization, but the word of God. Can your family say, I told the church this morning, that one piece of advice my dad gave me, I would never forget. My second son had been born. It was, he was two years old. DJ was four. And I was working so hard to be an entrepreneur and a business person and coming home late at night. One night, I, I lived next door. I came home tired. And dad called and said, can I see you for one moment? <laughs> He says, son, when it's all said and done, your sons can care less if you are a good businessman or a successful politician. He says, but when they grow up, can they say my dad was a godly man? Ooh. And he told me, don't miss church. Don't miss out. Because that matters more than anything else. I went home, tears streamed down my face. I called some people, I says, I'm canceling this, I'm canceling that. I got off boards and commissions, and I came home every night to show my family that I am a godly man. Whew. 
That's why you commit to a church. That's why you commit to the Lord. Because all that other stuff, none of that other stuff matters. What matters at the end of the day, Proverbs 31, it says, Her children shall rise up and call her blessed. <laughs> That's what matters. I'm proud to say that Janet Jackson is blessed because I'm her child and I've seen it firsthand. Question to you is that can your family say about you that you're blessed, that you are godly? Do what God has called you to do. Make that commitment to be more than just ordinary. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you for reminding us that there is power that is at work in us that will allow us to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. We are royalty. We are heirs. Not because of the legacy of any famous person, but because we have inherited the blood of Jesus. And through his blood, <laughs> we are more than conquerors. Thank you, Lord. I prophesy over this church. I speak over this congregation that eye has not seen or ear has not heard. I thank you for what you are about to do in somebody's life. Somebody's grandson will be saved. Somebody's daughter will be delivered. Woo! It is already done, Lord. We claim it. This is our prayer. Bless us as a church family. Bless the Bible way Church of Atlas Road. Bless us not to be satisfied with where we are. Challenge us to go beyond these walls. Help us not to be obsessed with the size of our congregation or the footprint of our campus. But help us to be impressed with the anointing of helping those that are less fortunate than we are. Thank you, Lord. Let us embrace winos and drug addicts and homelessness, prostitutes and, and those who are struggling with HIV and those whose own family will not embrace them. Help us to embrace them. Share with them the good news of your gospel. And if we do that, then we too would be more than ordinary. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And all those that know it is already done, said amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, moving beyond ordinary. If you want to make that commitment today, you want to join the church, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, come on, meet me at this altar. God is calling you to step out of your comfort zone. See yourself. Thank you, thank you, brother. Somebody else, come on. Come on, brother. Stand with me. Somebody else. This brother has stepped out and said, Anyone else? God is calling. Thank you, young lady. Thank you.
Is there anyone else God is calling you? You are destined. Wherever you are, this could be your day. Thank you, young man. Look at this brother walking down the aisle with tears in his eyes. Come on, bring him, Tony. Look, look, look at God. Look at him. It's all right, man. Come on. Everybody stretch your hands this way. Look at God. God, look. Someone else. See yourself. Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, God is calling. Tell somebody God wants to use you. And anyone else? Anyone else? Why don't you encourage somebody and tell them, man, or tell them, see yourself. God bless you. You are royalty. Oh, come on, give God a praise for the word of God. Moving beyond ordinary. We stand each year doing our consecration.